Thanks for joining us today on Tear the Roof Off uh, Upstream Health Solution Podcast. Um, we're joined again with uh, Lori Hammer and Dr. Chris Molda and myself. And um, today we're going to be talking about my story and my own personal journey with um, health and the challenges I faced um, with Chris and I with our own uh, growing our family. Um, Chris, why don't you start by sharing a little bit? Okay. Thanks, Britt. Hey, Lori, how are you doing today, by the way? I'm excellent. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, good. Um, well, I was thinking that maybe this would be a good way to do this, Brittany, is to have Lori ask you questions about your story, because mm -hmm. she might not know your story, actually. That's a good point. That is a good point. I love that. Okay, Britt, so where does your story begin? Um, well, I think the real story begins from birth, but we'll start with <laughs> after. Not to go back that far unless you know. <laughs> no, I mean, what, what we know now looking back at my health history is, is that, you know, we always thought I was a healthy person, but turns out I, I really wasn't. But um, the real story starts after um, I gave birth to my oldest, who's eight now. And um, it was a um, pregnancy is not a hard thing for me, um, but I gained a lot of weight that pregnancy. And um, like, I think I gained what, 50 pounds, Chris? Um, he's not confirming nor denying that right now. Um, <laughs> good, man, good, man. Good, good idea. <laughs> it was about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when I gave birth, um, I couldn't lose the weight afterwards at all. I was eating right, eating healthy. Um, my hair kept falling out. Um, and then about a year after Elizabeth was born, um, I had a miscarriage. And then, um, and we were told at the time, oh, this was, this is normal. You know, 50% of women have miscarriages. And then about 10 months later, I had a second miscarriage. And at that point, doctors were like, well, once you have two miscarriages, we start to think maybe there's something going on. Um, a friend of ours um, was, is an NFP practitioner. And so we started working with her and she sent us over to um, a NAPRO technology doctor. Um, actually, she's a nurse practitioner. Um, but who specializes in um, in fertility? Um, but I, I, I actually I don't know enough about NAPRO technology to go into the specifics. But it's a very interesting field, um, kind of emerging field. It's surgical. Can I stop and you like just that. a second because I don't think mm -hmm. all of our listeners know what NFP is. Do you want to oh, tell yeah. them what that is so they have a reference point? That's a good point. I say NFP like everybody knows what it is. Everybody um, knows. I know what it is, but I don't know everybody else well. Natural family planning is NFP. So it's a way of um, monitoring um, a woman's fertility, um, making sure that um, in, in, in specifics to pregnancy or avoiding pregnancy or conceiving, um, but it also can be used as a way to diagnose when you use it in like the Creighton model mm -hmm. method of NFP and um, it can be used as a way to diagnose underlying health conditions. 
Very good. So as you're using that model, that's when they discovered that things weren't quite working right hormonally for you. And then she sent you off. Yeah. So we went to see a friend of ours who helped me learn this new method of NFP. Um, and she didn't really, no one could really figure out. So we, we got sent off to another practitioner and the practitioner was like, well, you could have PCOS or you could have, um, your eggs aren't developing enough, or you could have this, or you could have that. And I was like, that's like Pick six one. different conditions. Like, what do you mean I could have any of these? Um, and then they were like, well, I was like, so what are my options here? Like, what solutions do I have if I have PCOS or I have this um, follicular problem or I have this, like, whatever else? I can't even remember all the different things she told me I could have. Um, and she was like, well, if you have this, you probably would need to take a hormone supplement. Or if you have this, then you might need surgery. Or if you have this, and I'm like, okay, none of these options fit me. Right. Um, nor do any of your supposed diagnoses fit my symptoms. So you're kind of shooting at the dark here. Like, I appreciate, like, you don't know what's wrong with me and that's fine. And we need to do more testing and that's totally fine. Whatever. But um, I have no symptoms of PCOS other than miscarriage. So did so, they did they test your hormone levels? Were those tested? Um, we tested my hormone levels, and when we did, we discovered I was what twenty eight at the time, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I was twenty eight at the time. Um, when I, we tested my hormone panel and found that I had the hormones of a um, menopausal woman at the age of 28. Nice. I, yeah, it was <laughs> that really- That might be a reason, right? Right, yeah, they were really, really bad. And, um, and their solution was, okay, you need to start taking hormone supplements. And I looked all into what that meant and was not satisfied with that idea. I didn't like having to take a bioidentical hormone for the rest of my life, hoping that, you know, it fixed the problem. But then I was always, my mom, my mom has thyroid issues and my grandmother has thyroid issues. And so I knew that taking a medication was never going to fix the problem because they're always like, I've seen my mom struggle for years on trying to find the right dosage for her thyroid medication. And and going back and forth and, and it never fixes her thyroid problem essentially. Right. Like, and it's not the root cause. The medication, right. you're not deficient in medication. So we have to figure out why your hormones are low, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so um, after about two years of doing this, um, going to different um, practitioners and looking at my hormones and going directions of like, is it an infection or you know, and doing all the right things diet and exercise wise. Like I went to see a nutritionist and she was like, okay, these are the things you need to do diet wise. These are the things you, you should probably do exercise wise. And I was working out five days a week and I was eating super healthy diet, um, the standard diet. Um, and I wasn't losing a pound. Like, oh, and I was doing, it was so frustrating and I, I was so defeated and I was afraid too. Like I wanted to have more kids. Chris wanted to have more kids. And, but I knew that nothing had changed. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, nothing has changed in my body or my life to say, let's go try to have another kid and hope we don't have another miscarriage. Um, and you're working a, your tail off to try to right. get it. You haven't made any progress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so this is kind of where Chris plays into the story, um, where he kind of, um, figured out where, um, the root cause and how to get to the root cause of the situation. Yeah. So it was at this time that we started to learn a lot about, uh, cell inflammation and hormone sensitivity, as opposed to hormone depletion. We learned a lot about environmental toxins and pollutants and how that was driving a lot of the inflammation in Brittany's life and in her body and um, started to figure out how to effectively and in a different way uh, reduce that inflammation and address those toxins that uh, started Brittany out on her journey of getting her health back and finally getting her fertility back, um, which is exciting. I mean, it took us took us a little while to figure it out, took us some years to go down this journey and figure it out. But eventually, um, the nice thing was, is that once we figured it out, it became obvious. You know, it was a matter of 30 days of, after 30 days of trying something new to, to finally address a lot of her hormone issues um, on a cellular level, uh, she just dropped the weight. I mean, she dropped like 15, 20 pounds in 30 days. Like it just, wow. nothing, and nothing else changed. She just, she just started to take different types of supplements changed her diet a very little bit. Actually, you already changed your diet before that point. You were, you were eating a high fat, high fat, low carb diet. And it really, it really wasn't making the difference until we started to deal with cell inflammation and uh, cellular energy and um, healing the cell membrane. Once we started to do those things, that's when just like uh, your, your thyroid even started to get better. Like your hair stopped falling out in the shower at that point. It was crazy how fast once we found that missing piece of detox and, and cellular healing, that just everything turned around. So you had a big jump start within 30 days. Yes, she absolutely had a huge jump start. I think a lot of that had to do too with the fact that she had made lifestyle changes. Look, I'll be honest, Brittany is in terms of lifestyle, Brittany's like so much healthier than anybody else I know. Sure. Um, and the the <laughs> the example that I give is we did a um we did a glyphosate urine test, you know, where, where um, they test your urine for glyphosate. If you don't know, glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup and pesticides. That's what's so toxic and poisonous to you. That's the cancer-causing ingredient. And so years ago, after, um, after we had detoxed her for a while and got her healthy, um, we both did this test. And I was at the level of a typical American at like 1.8 or something like that. Brittany was at 0.3. I was lower than a typical European. Wow. <laughs> and Roundup is illegal in Europe. So she was, she was lower than, than a country that doesn't use Roundup. Like that's how clean her diet is. Like that's how good she is at doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> um, but it still, I mean, it still wasn't working this time until we mm-hmm. addressed the cellular inflammation. We got to, all the way down to that cellular level. Right. Chris, can you explain the difference between, you mentioned um, you worked on her hormone sensitivity as, as opposed to her hormone depletion? Yeah. I think our listeners really would like to know that. Yeah, so I explain it that way because sometimes your body has a hard time producing a hormone and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's um, a hormone shortage. 
But what was going on with Brittany, it wasn't that her body wasn't producing the hormone, it's that it wasn't using the hormone. And I use the analogy of being a parent and wanting your kid to do something. And if your kid's not doing something, you're going to yell at them to get mm -hmm. them. In other words, you're going to throw more at them. But if they continue to not listen to you while you're yelling, you're just, you're eventually going to give up and you're going to stop yelling. You're going to stop talking and you're just going to move on. And that's kind of what our body does. And what that inflammation does on a cellular level to your hormones is it blocks the ability for those hormones to communicate with your body. So eventually your body will start to reduce the amount of hormones that are being produced because it's not stupid. It's not just going to, your body's not going to beat itself over the head when you are not listening. So that's where I find a lot of people with hormone issues, they don't have a production issue, they have that sensitivity issue. And we see this, especially as we move towards healing the cell and the lines of communication open up, that's when these breakthroughs start to happen. So with Britt, it was, it was that simple as just getting her body to listen to her hormones again. And once that happened, I mean, like not only did she lose weight, we retested her progesterone levels. And 60 days later, she was back to ideal normal. It, it really was drastic how fast her body responded to um, the therapy that she was getting because it was just, it was so effective because of all of the work she had put into her lifestyle changes beforehand. Um, it, her body was just waiting for that one little piece at that point. I love that. Good job, Brittany. <laughs> and you know, the, the great thing is, is that, um, that it was, so not only did my body need to heal, but so did my soul. Mm -hmm. And so there was a, um, a period of time where after I detoxed and my body had healed and, and I had moved on, um, physically, um, that I, Chris and I waited because I wasn't, um, emotionally and spiritually ready to try to have more kids yet. And I had to really, um, get again, keep praying about that and get to the root cause of what was holding me back there. Um, so that we could have Gemma and now we have Gemma <laughs> and, um, and you know, it's funny because when I, found out I was pregnant, I wanted to be monitored right away because I was really nervous about miscarrying again. And it, you know, you have kind of like PTSD after you lose two children. And, of course, of course. um, and so they're like, okay, well let's check your progesterone levels. And the first I was, I don't know, like six or seven weeks, maybe eight weeks along at the time. And my progesterone levels were like high. They were so high. <laughs> And I just remember thinking like, okay, well, we're, we're fine. Like, I mean, I was still nervous. I still had to, the entire pregnancy was a letting go and a trusting exercise and, you know, mm -hmm. a healing moment. But, um, for sure, like it was just one of those, those funny things where I was like, well, I, I guess my hormones are responding <laughs> the way they're supposed out. to. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. They're good. Oh, I love that healing story. Mm -hmm. That is so good. Yeah. 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 You know, the reason why at the beginning I said it all starts at birth and, it, and I, I think about it now and I realize that, um, my gut has played such a big role in all of this. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've been gluten-free for years, but, um, and, I'm, and I have, my family has so many health history issues, but like, I realize now that, um, you know, me spending time on the cellular healing, but then also really taking the time to heal my gut, um, because that's where so many hormones are made that it made um, a huge difference on um, my ability to just 
you know, function the way I'm supposed to like live, you know, my body's made to live a certain way and be a certain way. And so all that innate intelligence, the Lord right. programmed exactly. into us. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Awesome. And so how are you feeling now? What's going on with you now health wise? Um, <laughs> uh, good. Um, I'm pregnant again. Yay! So yeah, <laughs> two years later, uh, pregnant again. And, um, so Do you have any fears with this pregnancy? Um, I still am nervous. I think that, um, but significantly less than I am. I was with Gemma. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not as, um, intensive a fear because I, there is a healing that, like I said, like a healing that took place throughout my pregnancy with Gemma, um, recognizing that my body was, um, doing so well, um, mm -hmm. and, and responding the way it was supposed to. But again, like I said, like there's a PTSD that comes with, right, with, right. um, losing children and you're just like, okay. So what do you do when that rises up in you? When that fear sneaks in, what do, what do you do? Um, I mean, a lot of it's just turning to God, you know, and just, and just trusting. Um, we haven't been testing my hormones or um, anything like that yet um, because I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I uh -huh. guess I should say, you know, like um, I, I feel my body responding in the ways it's supposed to, um, but you know, the, there's still a concern emotionally. And so that's, that's more of a spiritual conversation, you know, that's a conversation with God and like, okay, I trust you. And even if this ends in a miscarriage, it's still your will and it's still good in some way and good can come of it. And just in the same way, the tragedy of the two miscarriages brought about the good of um, understanding how the body heals and works and getting to that root cause. Um, it brought us down this road. So and it's, and it's a beautiful road that you guys are on now. Look at all the teaching and all the people that you get to help and to heal. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. What do you want to add, Chris? Well, I was going to add that with the healing that Britt's, ta Britt's talking about, uh, that's true for whether it's an emotional, a spiritual, or a physical um, injury that you're talking about. I think deep down what we all want is we want to have this healing moment where, boom, you're healed, it's gone, and you've just recovered 100%. And the truth is, is that outside of those miraculous healings that some of us get, most of us, we go through a process. We go through the process uh, of healing and there's layers to it. And so just like with Brit, where how going through childbirth two years ago um, healed a lot of her wounds, there's still deeper layers that she has an opportunity to, to address, to grow with God on a deeper level. And just like when we go through our programs and we cycle through different programs to try to get to deeper and deeper layers, uh, that's exactly what Britt's doing on an emotional and spiritual layer. Uh, and it's, it's critical that, you, that we do that, to be honest with you. I mean, of course, it comes down to how much healing and how, how the type of person you want to be and the type of relationship you want to have with God and the type of um, life you want to have in terms of the healing of your own body. But there's always more layers um, that we can that we can heal from from injury. Right, and it's a choice to go down that road. I think that's the beauty of it all. Like, are you ready to take that next step? Are you ready for that next layer? And um, Brittany, you are, which is exciting. 
I think, you know, that just makes me think of, um, I have this quote I had heard one time where it was, you know, like being a saint is a choice. Mm -hmm. And the, the great saints of history, like they didn't just wake up one day and they were like, okay, I'm okay. a saint. <laughs> right. No, they woke up and they said, okay, I'm going to choose the good today. I'm going to choose the virtue. I'm going to choose to go deeper and root out sin. And, um, and I think, you know, we need to recognize that in our own life, um, in a lot of different ways, like in healing and in our spiritual lives, um, we're body and soul. We're not just soul. Um, there was this meme going around one time that said like, um, you're not a, a body having a soulful experience. You're a soul having a bodily experience or something like that. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's, so I was like that's not Christian at all. Like you're, <laughs> you're both. And like, what are you talking about? Anyways, I saw a bunch of people sharing it. I was like, please stop. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. We're right. body, mind, and spirit. That's how we were created. Right. Exactly. Body, mind, exactly. and spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes physical healing leads to spiritual healing, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and vice versa, spiritual healing leads to physical healing. And um, so, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Is there anything, like one thing that you would say to women out there struggling with fertility? What would you say to them? Um, it's not your fault. Amen. Yeah. I think that there's this stigma that really makes you feel like it's your fault, um, that your body isn't able to have kids or your body isn't able to sustain a pregnancy or you're doing something wrong that's causing this to happen. Um, and yeah, your body needs to be healed, but it's not, um, it's not necessarily something that's, you know, your, your fault. It's not, um, you, you have the opportunity to choose to heal too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. That's beautiful. I love mm -hmm. that. How about you, Dr. Chris? Uh, no, I would just uh, agree hundred percent with what Brittany just said. That, that is the struggle, you know, um, people who go through miscarriages, it splits up a lot of people because of that, because of that tension because you know it's not, there, there's a huge tension to knowing it's not your wife's fault, but also know that there's something going on that's not right. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's a lot of tension there and, and it requires a lot of uh, supernatural intervention um, in those moments. And, and hopefully sharing our story, which I love to share our story, Brittany loves to share our story, hopefully just sharing our story um, brings hope and opportunity to people. That's why we share our story. So, hey Britt, I appreciate you sharing your story. Would you like to end our podcast in prayer? Sure. Good and gracious God, we praise and thank you for this time to gather together today. Um, we thank you for those people who are joining us and listening to our story and joining us and looking to um, just be healed um, in whatever way that you are um, reaching out and looking to heal them. Lord, I ask you to send on your Holy Spirit to lead and to um, guide Lori and Chris, myself, and all of our listeners this week. Inspire us in virtue and hope. Lead us uh, along the path of your will, that we may glorify you with everything that we do. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks, Britt. <laughs>
<laughs> all right, we'll see all you guys next time. Bye.